Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from artistic ASMR to animal attacks. And today, we're talking about angels. So tell me about baseball, Will. <laughs> no, we're not talking about the angels. Oh. Um, but we are talking about angels. Angels. D&D angels. D&D angels. So angels in D&D fall under a category of beings called celestials. Okay. Um, uh, and That's a language. And it like is a, a monster type. It, and a monster type. Yeah, exactly. And uh, angels in D&D are loosely based off the Judeo-Christian depictions of angels. You know, beautiful humanoids with elegant white feathered wings. Yeah, pretty much go, um, go like Google Renaissance. Yeah, stuff, exactly. You'll see what we're, that's what, we're what they look about. like for them for the most part. There there are some differences. Winged or robed and naked or robed. Yeah, there's a lot of that <laughs> for sure. Um now celestials Ooh, like smooth like a Ken doll. Very or or that too. <laughs> Although no, because angels and humans, uh it is established that they can interbreed. That's how you get ASMR in some settings. In other settings, it's done differently. And this is why we do this podcast, because I would have smoothed them out like a Ken doll, but they're and able to And you can do breed. that. And oh. you can do that. So Although, I can do that. it doesn't matter. Like, they can polymorph anyway, so... Oh, yeah. okay. Well, there you go. There it is. Anyways. genitals? Uh, this is basically uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> right, okay. You got frog DNA. Let's do it. <laughs> so, celestials, um, which is what angels kind of fall under their category, are essentially the polar opposite of fiends. Um, they're entirely good creatures and denizens of the upper planes. Other examples of celestial beings would be archons, um, the original Eladrin before they became like the Faithings they are now, uh, beings called Gardinals and Coatles. Um, we're not going to really talk about any of these things today. Um, even though Gardinals and archons are very angelic looking, the word angel usually applies to a specific celestial type known as the Asimon. Um, and that's who we're talking about. The Asimon. The Asimon. Okay. Yeah. Not the Asimar. Not the Asimar. So the yeah. Asimar is that that's related, right? Like, well, well, yeah, exactly. Okay. They're like cool. they're the, half angel, half human. You can draw a line from one to the Asimon other. Asimon to Asimar, yes. Mm-hmm. Very much so. 
Now, they, they gained the name of Asimon during the whole second edition thing, the same way that devils became the Beatazu and demons became the Tanari. Is second edition like a big, uh, is there like a big movement in lore in that? Um, from first to second? It was, there was a huge development of lore. Number one, second edition is, I'm pretty sure, the longest lasting edition. Oh, okay. I could be wrong on that, but it lasted a very long time. And... Unlike first edition, which, you know, it was the beginning, so, like, not everything gets spelled out. Like, a lot of the juicy lore and the juicy explanations really start in second edition. Mm, okay. Um, but also, in the 80s, during second edition, there was the Christian fundamentalism scare of, like, D&D being right. related to Satanism, even though that's fucking stupid. Um, because of that... Uh, I think it was TSR at the time, made some changes to the lore whenever it came to anything that like could remotely be related to Satanism. Right, they so changed the names of everything. Demons, devils, angels, all got a rebrand. Okay. So you had Tanari, Beatazu, Asimon, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> they all look the same, but... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think we just recently talked about that, And, too. and the only name that stuck was Eugoliths. They never went back to right. being called Damons, because That's that epi- was a stupid name. <laughs> Matt Damons. <laughs> That's the episode we... We referenced it in was US, yeah exactly that's where that's where we last ago, talked about something it like that yeah something point. like that yeah I can't keep track of time anyways <laughs> um, so the monster manual in five e presents three categories of Asimon uh, the astral deva the planetars and the solars there are other kinds of Asimon but these are the three major types uh, of Asimon and these are the ones we're going to talk about today uh, the other ones we'll maybe talk about when we do like a celestials episode or something so Asimon we'll basically it. equals angels and there are three subcategories of them. Uh, I'm getting? Yeah, there's more, but okay. these are the three majors. Okay, so cool. Here, here we are. Um, yeah, the angels, even though they're like the polar opposite of demons and devils, like their power levels and and hierarchy and stuff does not reflect uh, the. You know how with demons and devils, like they have there's different a power, power scaling levels, issue. A, yeah, and numbers counteracts it. Um, basically, like there are different forms, and you can move up through the forms as you get more right, powerful. Right. Angels are not like that. Angels are stagnant. Okay. Oh, I thought we were talking about the big picture. Like, devils are generally generally more powerful, but they're outnumbered by demons. Okay. Yeah. There there is that factor. Angels way fucking over outpower demons and devils by a oh. huge fucking margin. Remember oh. how I said good things in this game are fucking powerful. True. We're gonna talk about that today. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I think the lowest level of angel is like CR ten. Okay, and how does that compare to like where devils range in I think, CR? I think devils and demons, the lowest level CR is like three or four. Okay, and but so immediately like power immediately scaling is, super fucking yeah. powerful. Okay. But we'll, we'll 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 get into that. So angelic origins in nature is vary from edition to edition, but five E has a very traditional depiction. They are born of the will and the essence of deities of good, and are thus themselves actually divine beings. Okay, um, they are absolutely lawful. And they are absolutely good beings, completely and tirelessly devoted to their specific deity's agenda. Uh, and they deal directly with said deity. Nice. Um, even angels that serve chaotic good deities are themselves lawful in nature. They're made to be that way because that they better serve their purpose by being completely lawful. Okay. The lawfulness of angels is a bit different than their evil counterparts of Beator. Um, they do not attempt to find loopholes or reinterpret or manipulate their dogma. Neither do they compromise or negotiate. They operate under a singular and driving purpose as decreed by their god. Although their god cannot command them to commit acts that are counter to law or good. Okay, sure. You, you understand? Yeah, yeah, like they're not gonna do if they're if the god wants to do something that like rides the line of 
yeah. neutral even. Like they're not going to do I mean, that. neutral's fine cuz like it's neutral. But why would but, the god would why would a god serving good and blah 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 want to do something evil? I mean, you could argue that ends justify means. Like a lawful okay, good sure. Okay, a lawful good deity probably not, but a chaotic good deity might. And the chaotic good like deity I have to do this one bad thing to make this good shit happen. Exactly. Everybody. It, it, you can't send your angel to do it. You as a human. It's like <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, so there that is. Um yeah. Angels, or use your ASMR. Or that, yeah. That's All true. Right. Although yeah. ASMR is usually use, pretty lawful. I use a human. Um, okay. <laughs> so so angels are very extreme. Um they destroy evil without remorse, hesitation, or doubt. Their judgments are absolute and effectively Mostly unmistaken. When their goals conf- conflict with another beings, regardless of intent or alignment, they will never acquiesce or give way. Um, Damn. Yeah, exactly. In some ways, angels are just as dangerous as the evil they That's oppose. what I was going to say. Yeah. It's like, dude, this, like you're describing the Sith to me. Yeah. When a god sends an angel to intervene in the affairs of mortals, it is not to serve... It is to command. It's to get shit done. Yeah, exactly. Angels, it's they a also get shit done. fucking deal. Okay, so that's that's kind of their disposition, and uh, you know, we talked a little bit about what they look like, but what do they actually do? Well, what what they're told, it sounds like. Well, yeah, what they're told, but angels serve as messengers, agents, and warriors of the forces of good. They protect the upper planes from the evasion of demons, devils, other fiends, uh, aberrations, and whatnot. They're kind of like the guardians of the order of the cosmos. Right, yeah, um, okay. They're both observers and partakers in the blood war. You know, they are uh, active in that because... The blood war does directly affect them. Number one, they have to deal with invasions. But number two, uh, who wins really affects them. So, yeah. (laughs) Sounds like the blood war isn't meant to end, though. No, fuck no. Hell no. (laughs) Most people don't want it to ever end. Including okay, yeah. the force of the good. Because if it ends, that means there was a winner. And yeah, like something, and then cat- you got to deal with that. Yeah, yeah, like it's a catalytic event. Well, actually, we'll, we'll uh, at the end of the episode, we're going to talk about what happens if the blood war ends because I, I, I have a, a take on what would kind of happen. Ooh, stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> um, so some are ordered to just kind of watch over mortal kind in general, help guide followers of good deities. Mm-hmm. Um, on the extremely rare occasion, they can be sent to the mortal realms to directly intervene. This is truly rare. Do again to their extreme approach, um, and thus only in the most dire of circumstances are they ordered to intervene. Um, their appearance means that shit has kind of gone down. Like their their appearance pretends both doom and hope. Like I'm yeah. your hope, but it's shit is fucked because up. it's because I have to be here. Yeah, one of the things is a force of nature rather than like a creature. Yes, to a certain degree. Although they do have free will to a certain degree as well. And stats. Which we'll get into. And stats. You can't kill them. I can't kill uh, a tornado. No, can you cannot. I? Can I? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah this that's a good point. Got 200 so, HP. Um, the main thing that I think of when it comes to like angels intervening is like massive abyssal incursion. Angels are yeah, probably okay. going to show up. Right. Because um, they have to. But I think the point being here, that like, angels are of the outer planes and thus are designed physically, psychologically, and spiritually to operate in these extreme environments with these big existential circumstances. So, like, if Alan Parrish doesn't roll that roll he hits at the end and gets shot by his, like, personification of his dad at the end, <laughs> like, angels show up because, like, now there's all the, like... I guess so, yeah. 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 Because we pretty much decided... the incursion of Jumanji. Yeah. You know? the, Demon Gorgon's just coming. A, <laughs> shout out to Demon Gorgon. Yeah, okay. uh, Jumanji is <laughs> just a portal to the abyss. Um, right. Exactly. We yeah. established that in the... Uh, which fuck? In the abyss In episode. the abyss. Yeah. yeah in the yeah, abyss episode. Yeah. So tune into that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So... Okay. So they're extreme beings. They can be assholes, but they are... They are technically 
truly good creatures. Like they can't lie, they can't cheat. They're innately capable of healing the sick and wounded, calming emotions. Um, they're known for ending like, like let's say there's calamitous weather, like just uh, like a tsunami. Like an angel might show up and just stop it. They can just control <laughs> wow. the weather. Yeah, so they stop terrible meteorological disasters. Forget what I said about killing a tornado. An angel can do it. Yeah, they can kill tornadoes with a snap of their finger. Nice. Um, they are kind. Um, they are peaceful. Some of them are compassionate, depending on the kind you're talking to, by default. Okay. So, yeah. So even though they're extreme and they're dangerous, like, they are good. It's just they can cause bad things to happen <laughs> yeah. sometimes. They're not subtle. They're not creatures of subtlety. No. And it's why gods can't, they can't use them as a tool to go to the mortal realm because there's too much subtlety and uh, ambiguity, morally speaking, that the angel just can't really deal with. Yeah, they're getting thrown down at issues like torpedoes out of a submarine or something exactly. like that. Exactly. They like are going to cause an, a disruption. Exactly. Okay. So, 4E kind of treats their angels a bit differently. Rather than being creations made up of the essence of the deity they serve, they're instead described to be an expression of the positive planes that were birthed at the moment of creation. Remember how sometimes I say like the alignment chart must be expressed? Yes. That's kind of like the alignment chart must be expressed. Like the positive planes uh, spontaneously generated these beings that like represent law and good. Perfectly balanced. Right. As all uh, things should be. Right. Okay. Um, now these beings in 4E, they willingly swear themselves to gods that represent their own individual view and then serve them uh lawfully and willingly um rather than appearing as traditional angels in 4e they are actually like these energy looking beings that only vaguely hold a humanoidish form okay so like they they have wings and they're like usually like armored but like the bottom half of them is like kind of like a genie it's just like like energy off. like light or whatever mm-hmm. okay sure and then like their faces are just like two glowing eyes and there's no other distinctive features so pretty i'm picturing uh the latest edition of diablo angel and then just like cut genie from the waist down um maybe i don't know diablo but it does match the description of angels in the golden compass series okay sure uh they're very much kind of like this okay Um, have you seen very um, otherworldly what is it darksiders where you're one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse i'm vaguely familiar you're fighting you're fighting demons and angels so Mm -hmm. like angels come down and they're they're super like armored and they got these big old swords but you gotta like kill them like they're usually fighting demons and then you show up and everybody wants to fight you now (laughs) right right so you gotta kill everybody (laughs) yeah that's pretty dope i like that um, rather than uh, like this tiered classification, um, the angels have in five E. Each angel in four E, they have like a celestial vocation that they represent. So, like you would have like angels of justice, angels of valor, oh, angels okay. of vengeance, angels of battle, um, and they they each have their own codes. Okay, not only do they each have their own code of uh, of conduct, but like angels as a whole have this kind of separate, um. Uh, rules of operation if you will so like like how do i how do i put this so like they're lawful and they can serve any god and they can actually change allegiances throughout the millennia okay and like one of the examples that's given is like there's this angel who's serving vecna at some point which is an evil god a Mm -hmm. god of necromancy and like vecna has commanded this angel to like kill these certain people but it ends up these people serve Bahamut, and because of an oath this angel made to Bahamut millennia ago when he served Bahamut, he won't kill these people because that goes against whatever angelic code he has. So, Shit's a little weird. Yeah, so I took this oath first, and that's why I, your new my new oath does cannot... Yeah, can't con- yeah, like, whatever oaths I take on can't counter old oaths. 
So first come, first serve on these angel, I guess these so. angel oaths, these contracts. That's that's really all you're gonna get out of out of that whole concept for an, as as an example. So that seems like they they started doing they started making tweaks to angels and were like didn't think it through. Yeah, like I me. can kind of get. I think the point here is that angels each have their own agenda in 4E and they're not like these perfect lawful good beings that serve um, unquestioningly. Okay, got like, it. They're this otherworldly force that the gods just kind of inherited and they kind of got their own agenda going on. Like I'm lawful good and I represent vengeance. Like like the, well, I'm they, the they choose right? they choose to represent vengeance and then become an angel of vengeance. Oh, they're like I like vengeance. Let's do it. Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah, sure. So. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> back to 5e. So, um because of their lawful good natures, uh their innate extreme power and the the fact that like they're Extreme. The fact that they have this moral compass that's almost never wrong. Angels have a real arrogant disposition and a sense of infallibility to them. Okay. Um, though they like you dare question me, kind of kind of to a certain degree. Yeah, like they are wise and good. Um, for the like they are entirely wise and good, but there is a pride that comes with that that can spell the undoing of an angel and can lead it to fall. Like if in a moment of pride an angel mistakenly or even intentionally commits an act of evil. Um, like thinking that it's the the right thinking decision. that it's the right thing to do, but being mistaken because they were tricked by like a really really clever devil or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that evil act actually permanently, well, semi permanently stains the angel and completely cuts their connection to their deity. Oh, their wings burn off. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if no one saw it. Like, like they are they are fallen at this point, and there's nothing they can do about it. And thus they are shunned and banished. Actually, um, nice for one mistake if you will. And this is why like they're so extreme and they're designed to be thus. So they don't make these mistakes, but still these mistakes do happen sometimes. That happens. Um, spoilers for Constantine, but, um, the angel- Oh, right. Exactly. That's actually a really good example. Yeah. Of, the like, angel. She Gabriel. was completely good and lawful, but she did evil in this case intentionally for the greater good, but it permanently stained yeah. him, her. Well, that, yeah. Female actress, but um, yeah, non-gendered. It was, yeah. It was non-gendered. Uh, um, Gabriel. Yeah, God, I really like that movie. It's nothing like a comic books, but I really like Constantine it's the movie. So much better than any other rendition of Constantine I've ever seen. That yeah. I hate that they just kind of left. Like I love they that there's just only one it movie. Something else. It's a it's a cult classic to me. It, at this it's point. really fucking good. Watch anyway. Constantine. But yeah, that's a great Keanu example Reeves. of exactly how an angel would fall in D and D. Which is kind of weird that like so they they use like God as like a like they make this analogy like God's just a kid with an ant farm and like. How did all this go down under the watchful eye of God and then like all this shit bad shit is going down and then like God realized that it was happening and that's when Gabriel fell? Like that's kind of like a God turned his attention to it and was like, oh, is that what you've been doing? Well, that's mm. one way you can interpret it. Another way you can interpret it is that like the lesson to be learned, like, okay, like we tell we tell stories, right? And we tell stories because they teach a moral lesson. Like Gabriel, you could argue, and I'm this is off the top of my head, but you could argue that Gabriel had to go through the entire arc of the story and then at the climax pay the pay the price. Oh, okay. Like yeah. it was done by design, if you will. Yeah. But that's the argument they're making in the argument. movie too. Like is, is, okay. is God what is God's role in right. all of this or it, whatever. Yeah, and that's a whole that's a that's a different discussion. Well, 5e has the like your your these angels are contracted. And so true, but you could have these this gods kind of storyline going on. You could. But again, these gods are not truly omnipotent. They're not truly right. infallible. They're very flawed. Um but okay, back to so back to falling though. Um so 
one of two things can kind of happen with a fallen angel. One, they just accept their mistake and they accept their banishment. They'll, I don't know, flee to the mortal realm, take the form of like some fucking hermit and like try and atone. <laughs> okay. And it's very possible that after a certain amount of atonement and good deeds, they can um, get back into good They graces. can wash away this stain, if you will. <laughs> wash away the uh, sin. That's not the usually what happens. And the reason that's not usually what happens is because the fact that the angel fell is almost always because of an extreme flaw of arrogance and pride. And that arrogance and pride cannot accept the mistake. And thus, they fall and they fall hard. And they usually rebel against the forces of heaven by turning to the forces of evil and joining usually the devils. Let's be yeah, like, here, I was right, and fuck you guys. Yeah, I'm just and that, continue to do And that's me. how you get Zariel, who is, like, uh, now one of the Archdukes of Hell. That's because right. Because she thought she was right, and she thought um, she rebelled against uh, the forces of good, and she fell from heaven, and Asmodeus brought her into the fold, and now she's a powerful Ooh, devil. I'm getting, like, after all these episodes we've done, I'm, I'm getting, like, this complete picture of... Of the cosmos. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, very much so. That's okay. true, yeah. So, with that being said, uh, let's take a short rest. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. 
And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the part of the show where we're not talking about the last thing we were talking about because we're going to talk about something else and it's love. I love you. I love the way you listen to the show. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> That's good. So... um, do we want to talk about anything specifically? Um, no, I don't think we got any. We don't have any announcements yet. Maybe maybe next episode. I'm f- not sure. Yeah, next episode we're probably going to have some bigger announcements. We'll hold off on that until now or until then. Uh, so in the meantime, if you want to support the show, you can do so uh, monetarily on Patreon if you want. Or you can watch uh, some YouTube videos because they're monetized with ads. <laughs> or you could um, spread the word. Spread the word, yeah, really. That's a big one for um, me. Thanks, uh, everybody who's new to the show coming on board. Um yeah, it, it's looking it's looking great. The dungeon cast is up. Yeah, by yeah. stock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but and it's f- it's mostly because of spreading the word. So thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Like, that really is the thing that probably helps us the most, like long term. Like it's just telling your friends, recommending the show to 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 people who like D anD D to to your D anD D group or whatever. So if you do that, we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on uh, SoundCloud.com slash TheDungeonCast or on YouTube or on Twitter at TheDungeonCast. You can email us TheDungeonCast at gmail.com. But other than that, um, there's not really another way to find us. Google search? I found us on Google. Anyway, let's we get back to Google. the show. Yeah, let's get back to the show. And we're back. That's true. And we're going to talk about some specific angel types rather than the general angel mythos. I'm going to go ahead and assume that's true. Right. So uh, first we're going to talk about the astral devas or the devas or the correct pronunciation is divas. Yeah. I was going to ask if they're singing. But I'm not calling them that. I don't. I just I've always called them devas and I don't fucking care what the actual pronunciation is. So (laughs) I'm calling them devas. So uh, devas appearance um, is real classic angel. They're um, beautiful human like men or women that with magnificent white wings they ha- tend to have silver to white hair uh, and silver skin uh, they're usually is that like a human ish like depiction like regular face with like a no like a human nose and stuff like that is that like I'm trying to picture it they just they look like pinnacle and physical shape humans with yeah. wings okay but it but with silver skin and silver hair nice yeah um they uh devas are usually dressed very simply and very minimally they actually prefer to be nude but they'll put on they'll cover their junk for the mortals um <laughs> <laughs> they're like going to mobilize and somebody's handing out robes like cover your junk for the mortals <laughs> right they don't want to see that shit exactly you don't want to scare um, anybody unnecessarily indeed uh they they stand anywhere from seven to eight feet tall uh, oh wow! Yeah, no, yeah. Angels are huge. <laughs> These angels are—they all look like Shaquille O'Neal, <laughs> right? These <laughs> angels are all uh, serve as the messengers of the gods. Uh, they journey between the realms and deliver decrees, commands, and the like. These angels are also the most likely to be sent to the mortal planes, usually in disguise, uh, to lend aid, hope, and courage to the good-hearted folks of of the universe. 
Um, also, they're the lowest power level, so they're the least likely to fuck shit up. Okay. <laughs> uh, despite being messengers, though, devas are mighty warriors, and they wield these enormous maces uh, that they use to destroy evil. Nice. Yeah. How do um, your humanoids like deal with this in game? What do you like, mean? The, like, I could. If picture, one shows up, what are you gonna do? Fight it? No. <laughs> I could picture like. Like when demons or devils show up, like that's got to be horrifying, and you take right. shelter. But like, what are you doing when an- like uh, angels are? They're awe inspiring and they're uh, almost terrifying to behold because of their in- like extreme beauty and power. Okay, they're yeah. overwhelming. They're supposed to be overwhelming. So you're like sense. also to hide, like taking refuge, probably. Yeah, you probably hide before them. I mean, something's like, probably happening that makes I mean, you want to hide. But in if the you're first a, place. but if you're a powerful hero, like a level eight or nine hero, like that, it, it's. A much lesser effect, obviously. Especially if their junk is covered up. Especially if their junk is covered <laughs> okay, up. Okay, yeah, I got you. <laughs> okay. So, um... <laughs> You're like, hey, oh, you've come, help me fight this evil. Right. These angels, um, more so than, than the other kinds that we're going to talk about today, are the least likely to act on their own initiative. They just like to take direct orders from their gods and just do that. Okay. They're not trying to stir shit up or... They're not the shakers and movers. They're the foot soldiers. They're the... They're the everyman of the yeah, angel they're... world. <laughs> <laughs> if you will. They're the so, front lines. They're the front lines. And in a lot of ways they are. Um, so like I said, this is the lowest power level that we're going to talk about today. And like I said, their challenge rating is 10. Um, and just to like give you mecha- a mechanical taste of them, like their AC is 17. All of their ability scores fall somewhere between 17 and 20. Ooh. So really, really high. Um, Buff boys. They have... The ability to power up their weapon um, with rating and power. They're in, with, like it's Mega called- Man? I guess so. It's called their angelic weapon. They have an innate healing touch ability. They can polymorph at will. They have telepathy. They can speak all languages, and they have innate spell casting. And they can fly, obviously, because they're angels. Angels equal late game Mega Man. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Mega Man does most of the things you just said. Does he? He transforms telepathy in all languages. I don't know about. Well, he's a robot, so I guess <laughs> maybe it could be. He could translate. He's Google Translate. He definitely installed. speaks binary in English, according to like any kind of anime version I've seen. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so that's. Astral Devas. <laughs> That's Astral Devas. Any questions about them before we move on? Um, no. Okay. Let's go on to the next thing. All right. So next we're going to talk about planetars. Um, so planetars, again, all these angels look like basically perfect, flawless human forms with giant white wings. Okay. Um, but planetars specifically have a green complexion and are noted to be bald. And it's like that that seafoam green, right? Like yeah. I've kind of seen that in the player's yeah. handbook, I think. It, it doesn't really matter, or but yeah, the that's manual. in the in the art of the monster manual, it's like a seafoam green, maybe a little darker. Sure. And, but these angels, for some reason, are just noted to be bald. Yeah, okay. It's just a thing. Uh, though still simply dressed like the devas, these ones are much more likely to be armored because these are warrior angels. Um, but they all basically look like what's his face from our Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen. Yeah, that's like, yeah, very <laughs> much so. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, planetars serve as the soldiers, the captains and the generals of the armies of good. They are, uh, a tangible representation of their deities might capable of devastation on the battlefield with the, both the strength of their arms and magic. They're able to call down thunder, fury, plague and judgment from the skies. Plague. Yeah. They can just like, Oh, like locusts, like locusts now. <laughs> yeah. They could just do shit like that. They can call down, fury and thunder and rain and call down poison frogs sure yeah they can absolutely that'd be hard to deal Um, with they are usually depicted wielding these enormous great swords and brandishing them effortlessly across the battlefield 
Um, these angels are like given Breath of the Wild, and you do the spin move. Yeah, exactly. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, these angels are usually given the most dangerous tasks by the gods. Uh, these angels deal directly with the blood war. It is very, very likely that Zariel was likely a planetar before she fell. Okay. I mean, it's I, not stated specifically what she was. I couldn't find it stated specifically, but like, I just I don't see it being possible for. Yeah, being why would she be any devil? lower? power level than this and if she was a solar she wasn't like there's just she couldn't have been okay we'll we'll get into why later um but yeah so those are the planetars to give a taste of their power their challenge rating is 16 which is really fucking powerful natural ac without armor of 19 uh without armor yeah exactly so they're probably they probably have armor yeah they can you can put armor on them oh nice talking about their their oh they're literally like dr manhattan right their ability scores thing yeah their ability scores are anywhere from 19 to 25 Ooh. so 19 is the low end oh yeah and 25 is is good yeah and most of their their scores are like 23 24 um, they also have the angelic weapon. They have more powerful innate spell casting. Uh, they also have telepathy. They also have the healing touch, and they have this ability called divine awareness, where they can they detect untruth like by default. Oh. They cannot be lied to. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, unless what weren't we just talking about like a a rogue subclass that like their lies can't be detected? I think <laughs> that counters here? it. I think no. I think that counters oh, it. Oh, th- like this is so the... they could lie to angels. Oh, that's wow! That's, how fucking that's good really they are. powerful. Yeah, it is very powerful. Okay, so. I lied to an angel. They believed me. <laughs> they believed me. <laughs> so, um, so that yeah. could cause some real problems. Yeah, until the angel just realized, like, oh, you have a power that circumvents my detection, and then they pick you up like King Kong and just kind of. They could, yeah, yeah. It could, if it's a fucking jackass of an angel, <laughs> lie to me, will you? Yeah. Never again. Indeed, squish. Um, so <laughs> that's they find po- the whole guild with the same power. Oh yeah, like, just stomp on it. Them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's planetars. Okay. Um, those are your two major kind of types of angels. Because the next one we're talking about is uh, a little bit more special. Even more special. Yeah. So the next angel um, that's presented in the monster manual is the solar. So. The solar is one of the most powerful creatures in the cosmos. Um, their power level approaches that of a godhood. Uh, demon lords fear them. Archdevils shrink before them. In battle, they shine like the sun. A single touch of their arrow could strike an enemy dead instantly. Nice. They appear as 9 to 10 foot tall humans with reddish or metallic looking skin. They are physically flawless and beautiful. They are also supposedly the epitome of goodness, purity, devotion, and honor. Um... It is said that there's only 24 solars in existence, and only several of them are accounted for as stewards for specific deities. And they, only one can show up at specific hours of the day. There's <laughs> one for each hour of the one day. One for each hour of the day. Right. I get what you said. <laughs> um, the rest of them that aren't really accounted for, and most people don't even know their names or whatever, um, they they rest and hide in a state of contemplation. And they only ever appear when the forces of good absolutely need their intervention. Otherwise, they're just thinking about it? I guess so. Okay. They're just, they're extremely powerful. It's it might, uh, like, the avatar of a god might as well show up. That's the power level that they're at. All right. Um, they command entire armies and are themselves as as powerful as the entire army that they command. Okay. Um, so, yeah, just so the thing is, like, that's the lore flavor of their power. Now, the actual mechanics, they're extremely powerful, but I feel like it should probably get a boost because it doesn't really represent what the lore says about them. Because, like, 
this came out in the monster manual. Well, later on, they they went ahead and published uh, like the demon lords have stats. Well, the demon lords blatantly outpower the solars, like mechanically speaking. Oh, okay. They didn't really take this into account. Like it's impossible to like account for everything. There's so much going so on. So demon but... lords outpowered by devils, like archdevils. Oh yeah, definitely. And then, so these would technically rank lower. Mechanically speaking, but it's not supposed to be like that. Yeah, lore wise, it should be. Lore wise, they should be equal to demon lords. Okay. Um, so deal with that as uh, DMs deal with that as you will. Um, Do you think one like so one could like go toe to toe with a demon lord? Oh yeah, easily. Like right. a demon lord like might a, straight flee. Like oh really? Yeah, solars are fucking powerful. Dude. What about Demogorgon? Oh, I mean mechanically, I don't mean lore wise. A uh, Demogorgon might not flee because he's like the most powerful of demon lords. That's right, damn Skippy. <laughs> Shout but, out to Demogorgon. But he would be extremely cautious because that it's a you know like both heads it's, would it's, be like we need to watch it. Right. <laughs> it, it's one thing like that's the thing about like these these immortal like extremely powerful beings is. They're a bit on the cowardly side because they're not used to actually being threatened. So, like, once, like, this thing that actually is a threat shows up, like, they actually th- think about it and maybe flee because, like, why why, why risk it here? I live forever. I could just flee and do this another day. Right. And I think this is a real good explanation for why the gods aren't constantly warring amongst themselves. Like, when it okay. comes to, like, the forces of good and evil. Because one side will win, and I think both sides are afraid of what will actually happen. Yeah, like lose. that cataclysmic event. It's a uh, like, mutually assured destruction. I mean, you they, they're they all thinking about what they're going to do when they win the blood war. It's just like, we're going to Disney World, and then we're going to fucking tear shit up. Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> uh, man, getting, uh, getting, like, all this lore from the, like, this is, like, the third or fourth side of the blood war or whatever. Right, right? it really is. Uh, the fourth it's, side, if you yeah, will. Yeah, it's really helping me. I feel like I'm getting closer to Demogorgon too you know like <laughs> okay. i feel like i'm really getting a hold on what he's all about on what he's about who he who is. He is this person yeah. i feel like me and him are shout out to Demon Gorgon again okay so okay but as i was saying Sometimes like i have dreams keep, oh no uh at keeping keep the power creep in mind is basically what i'm getting at when right it to the mechanics of the solars um so in the monster manual they're presented as having a challenge rating of 21 which I believe is equal to or greater than a like a uh, ancient red dragon. Okay, yeah. wow, yeah. Um, they have an eight spell casting of a much higher level than any of the other angels we talk about. They have a slaying bow weapon, which basically is a save or die weapon. Wow, like, con save, and if you fail, you die. Is that like beholder lasers? Yeah, except for much more powerful. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, I I like that save they save a die. I like that they that they still kept some save or die stuff because it makes these really powerful beings truly scary yeah that's very threatening mm-hmm. they can their sword can just fly and fight on its own <laughs> oh what yeah. uh, and they wield these giant great swords as you well. ever play a uh, donkey kong country too no where you're just diddy kong like no. one of the first bosses you fight is just like a flying sword oh, that's pretty cool just spins around yeah that's pretty dope <laughs> i like that uh they also have the healing touch they also can teleport um wherever the fuck they want all the time wow they what? have a searing burst attack which is basically just like a or an auric burst of, of fire and light, just firing radiant damage. It just sounds like hold your action and wait for you to see it. Right. You, like I fire an arrow and I see it right on the battlefield. They have a blinding gaze where they can just look at you and you're blind now. Oh, yeah. Like so, permanently? I, I There's a save for it, but I, I, I got to reread it, but I don't think you can keep saving for it. Someone would have to heal you of the blindness. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. They're just, they're just, they're extremely goddamn powerful. Solar flare. And so, okay. So, most of these solars are off the grid. They're somewhere doing something. It doesn't matter. They're not getting involved in most of the cosmos issues. Okay. My what what I was saying earlier is like 
when the blood war theoretically ends, like whichever side wins is going to then try and invade the cosmos. I think that's when the solars are all going to show up. Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe that's why they're hiding. Maybe they're like storing up their power and energy for the moment that it's needed. Like Superman. He's like out in the outer atmosphere, just like sucking up rays. Yeah. That's kind of how I picture it. Exactly. Very, very much so. Because like the fact is whoever does win the blood war is going to gain a huge amount of power after it's all over. Right. Because they're going to conquer almost all the lower planes. Yeah, they're not going to have any of these opposing forces yeah. to deal with. And the they're only gonna... thing that could stop them would be like the most powerful good beings in the cosmos. Mm-hmm. And that would be the solars and the gods, of course. Right. But yeah, so, so that's that's just my fan theory. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. That would sound. That's angels. You got any questions about angels, Ryan? Uh, wow. Man, they're pretty, they're pretty cool. Um, So they're just... There's no specific god that they're like aligned with. Most Just of the whichever time? god they were created by. Um, I mean, Bahamut I know uses angels. I don't think Corlon really does, but maybe he does. I'm not sure. Like it, it's really up to you. It but sounds like a good idea to have some to like throw yeah. at your problems. The thing is with Corlon specifically is like elves kind of are angels because like I was gonna say you have exact- humans and then elves and then angels. Right, because like they're made of the substance of Corlon, and like that's exactly what angels are. They're made of, of the substance of their deities. Yeah. Like in a way, angels are angels. In a way, elves are divine to a certain degree. Yeah. Depending it's just been diluted over the millennia. But yeah. But yeah. So anyways. That being said, I think we can call it a game. Yeah, let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. Shout out to Dima Gorgon. <laughs> the Dungeon Cast. And today we're talking about angels. <laughs> and not the baseball team. So tell me about baseball, Will. <laughs> no. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.